It's a bit of a learning curve to figure out how to incorporate worship music into an online church like Jackson Cloud. But just because it's not always present doesn't mean we don't think that it's crucial. In fact, both Jamin and I are worship leaders and we both took a ton of college credits on this topic. I even have a major in it. So today we want to talk about worship music in the church. What does the Bible say on it? Why is it an important thing to practice today? That conversation and more on today's episode of Jackson Cloud. Now, we're going to play a game called Utter Nonsense. And I do need to say this right now. This game is not very appropriate. And this is the right side. This game is not very appropriate as evidenced by the fact that like a fourth of the cards are missing. A third. But they put out a family edition since this one came out. So make sure you check that one out instead if you're going to play this at home. It does literally say the inappropriate I know, but I took all the inappropriate ones out. Okay, so here's how it works. I'm going to give you five phrases. And then I am going to tell you what accent you are trying to speak in, and then you need to choose one of those uh, one of those cards to read in the accent, and I will tell you if it, you know, just which one I like the most, because I'm the judge. So. I love this card. French. French is our first accent. Who will make me laugh harder at their card read in French? Let's find out. All right. Oh, ho, ho. Don't be a poots. When I worked at a store, I had to up that schlocky merchandise across town four times a day. That was French. Uh, that's, that was my you attempt. Can't, you can't just say, oh, 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 and then expect all the words that come out of your mouth is a French accent. Listen, I'm not good at French, okay? You were clearly not. Well, I might have to just... Delete that. I have literally no idea how to do a French accent. See? All you have to do is better than that. <laughs> Can someone say like a French phrase real quick? Oui, oui, oui. Oui, oui. Merci beaucoup. This, this, I cannot promise this will be better than his. Do it. If you don't honor this Groupon for the full promotional value, I'm going to break your kneecaps. She literally won before she had finished saying... If you, already there, you win, you win. You get the French card. Congratulations. I'm sorry, that was terrible, guys. It Someone was teach better me. than that. Someone in the comments, teach us how to do a French accent. Oh, oh, oh. All right. Listen, I, I need to be the first to go, okay? Oui, oui, baguette. <laughs> what does that even mean? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, baguette? Yes, yes, yes bread. baguette. All right, okay. All right, uh, now Olivia. Uh. Here's is the, the judge beast. now? You ready? Yep. Chicago in. Oh, what's Chicago? I lived there for a month. Is there an accent? You. I feel like don't you like go to Chicago? I'm walking here. That's New York. That's yeah. I think Chicago. It's Chicago in now. Just be our accent. So I just read a card. Is that why I can't I, tell? I don't know. There? Just make it more interesting than Chicago. Oh, there it is. Chicago. Chicago. You seem like the type of person that would be with the password one, two, three, four. Four? <laughs> alright, alright. Stop bears, stop bears, stop bears. Yay. Congrats on your engagement. 
You guys, I'm so happy for you. Yay. 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 All right. Well, Chicagoan is literally like our accent. So it's just an unfair uh, testament. But I am going to give it to Casey. Yeah, it wasn't even an accent. That's the point. Yay. 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 Listen, my family that's from Chicago talks the same as we do. Just, this game's rigged. All right, Casey is now the judge, and the accent is Southern Gentleman. What is a Southern Gentleman? Like, I do declare, if you could. Ah, now, now she here. So, like the chicken from Looney Tunes. Now I, mean, I say, I say, I say. Probably that would work. Yes. KFC. Yeah. This Colonel is Sanders. Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> what? Played the part of Colonel Sanders. Oh. All right, I've got it. I've been hornswoggled by a wee lad out of my double balloons. <laughs> he had such a good card for this. <laughs> Your infinity scarf is so baller. All right, so this is actually going to Jamin. I say and I do declare, in fact, it shall. I, I knew I couldn't beat his accent, that was, so I, I mean, just that was, went for the funny card to try and make you give it to me. It was close. You had us. Good. His is, his is so good. I can't. I, 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 <laughs> all right, let's do let's do one more. This time we will all read our cards at the same moment. Choose the card that you want to read. I'll tell you what you're doing. Well, I want to do the accent would change what card I want to do. Our accent is Grandma. Everybody read your card. One, two, three. Whenever I'm on a date with a guy who says, you're like the female version of I think, no. I'm actually better than you. Do that last part. Do the last part. That was spot on. No. I'm actually much better than you. Yeah, that's, okay, she, she would have won. Yeah, she she won. You get the grandma card. Congratulations. Okay, can, I, can I just read the entire card, though? Because this is so funny. Go ahead, go ahead. Whenever I'm on a date with a guy who says, you're like the female version of me, I think, no. I'm actually much better than you. All right, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about worship, which will be especially interesting to get her thoughts because... I'm the outsider. Well, we're both worship leaders and studied worship arts in college. I had enough credits for like an individualized major, but due to a lot of confusion... Uh-huh. I got no credit for any of it, so I oh. just have a lot of credits in that area. Um, uh, but you know, I think it's always helpful to get not only a, an opinion or look at things from a worship leader perspective, but from someone who maybe is, you know, more out in the, uh, singing crowd. Um, there's a lot of things that I think is a completely different perspective, helpful to worship leaders and things like that. Uh, but yeah, on the Jackson cloud, it's kind of hard to do music. This is one of the things when... I was thinking, how would we do an online church? Where's the music going to be? But then recognizing during coronavirus, sometimes it feels weird having the TV on. So uh, just, you know, watching music like a home concert or something. Not that you can't worship to it, but 
I've got my kids screaming at me. I'm supposed to be worshiping to this video on the screen. Is the sound oh. up high enough? Is it low enough? Yeah. To be fair, there are constantly kids screaming during worship at church. Yeah, I mean, so maybe it's okay. not yeah. so different. Yeah, maybe it is the same. I don't know. I was just, uh, it's harder to record. I'll give you that. Uh, trying yeah. to make it sound good through a computer and all these things. Anyways, um, one of the things that we thought with the cloud was, well, there are lots of different spiritual responsibilities that we put on people in the church on all other kinds of avenues. You know, like we don't expect that you come to church and the only time you're hearing us talk about scripture is right there on Sunday. We are hoping you're learning about the Bible throughout the week. Maybe we can give some more space to that with worship where we may not have a band on camera during this episode, but there's a spiritual expectation for your own life that you'll find some space to worship. Uh, and that doesn't always happen through music, of course, um, but music is traditionally one of the ways in which people have used it. It's and, the easiest to do it corporately. So yeah. with a large group of people, which right now is not necessarily the best avenue to go with. Or the safest for singing, so we're told. Um, but traditionally that's been a good way to do it is music with lots of people. Have you seen these articles? I've not seen these articles. Apparently singing is an easy way to transfer coronavirus. Well, it's an easy way to yeah. transfer any sickness that can be in your saliva. Are you trying to what? take our jobs away entirely? No. Are you I trying just, to say that wait, I spit while listen, I sing? I, I, I am not. I was a band kid. <laughs> I was not a choir kid. I did choir for one half of a semester hmm. in college before it got dropped. And I actually ended up missing several of my classes because, well, my college experience consisted of me getting sick a lot. And when you're sick, you can't sing because you'll get everyone around you sick. And if the oh. whole choir is sick, then... So it wasn't the concussion sickness. No, that was a different semester. Mm. But right. I did have to drop a class because of that. But also my head wasn't on straight, so I didn't technically drop it. I just took the F. And that's how I lost my scholarships. This just got real dark real quick. Very quickly. <laughs> what were we talking about? Worship? Oh, yeah. worship. worship. Yeah, I think a good Singing. point, and you kind of touched on that a little bit, is that worship doesn't always have to be music. Yep. There are plenty of ways to worship, just especially along any type of arts. So some people worship by dancing. Some people worship by singing. Some people worship with a paintbrush. And all of those ways to worship are valid. Whatever works best for you and whatever makes you feel connected and praiseful. Hang on, someone give me a better word. Connected. Reverence. You. Praise. Whatever, whatever gets you in the mood. <laughs> I think it was just you added full to the end of it. <laughs> I, yeah, I do that sometimes. Whatever gets you in a good mood to praise God is a good way for you to worship. Yeah. Which, you know, isn't music for everyone. This. This will always hurt my heart, but <laughs> a few years ago I read everything C.S. Lewis pretty much ever wrote except for his journals. You know, I haven't creeped on him yet, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> going through his diaries. Sounds creepy already, all right. Yeah. But there's one like, uh, it was like an essay, I think, in this like thousand page book of his essays. Where he was talking about how, like, yeah, I never really connect with music at church. I'm just kind of waiting for it to be done. Oh, and, uh, dagger. 
but I know for other people it works and it seems to be a uh, helpful time so I I join in and, and whatnot anyways one of my heroes hating worship music like I said especially hard. when his brother was a hymn writer like was he wait no you're thinking of John Wesley oh you're right I said C.S. Lewis oh my bad very different people but we haven't even talked about John Wesley today that's yeah, true that was the Holy Spirit episode Okay, touche. Got a concussion. Uh, no, it's me. Oh, right. Um, but, you know, like that also you see like here's this famous writer who has been very uh, influential and obviously has his own spiritual disciplines. And you can sense the Holy Spirit at work in his life and his work and things like that. But struggles to connect via music. That being said, if you struggle to connect via music, I would not say that the answer is to ditch it. Uh, I do see this sometimes. It actually tends to bring the morale down. In certain, it's part of the reasons I once had to just kind of quit my worship leading job at a church. Is there's this one guy, especially, he loved to sit in the front row and do this <laughs> during the music. I'm like, how am I supposed to inspire this room to give glory to God? When you're just like that the whole time. I'm sorry. Are you a pastor complaining about people sitting in the first pew? Ooh, <laughs> I am. I went to a church at one point where the pastor couldn't get anyone to sit in the first pew. And besides, if he has that type of attitude, wouldn't you want him the closest to the stage and or the people and or the pastor? In spitting range? Correct. What is happening right now? <laughs> Uh, anyways, I would say even if worship music is not like your thing, still practice it, still try it. First off, because it's it's a very ancient biblical technique, you know, like you've got as early as probably, first one I'm thinking of is Moses' sister. After they cross the Red Sea, she kind of breaks out into song with tambourines and poetry and singing so like there's this celebration praising god but even more like essentially the psalms psalms are like the form of music in which everybody knew to praise god uh through these memories and these this poetry and and uh these songs that have been written uh they would be rehearsed at night while you're going to bed and they'd be used for um different services and things like that you see uh you just see that, like, even with all the New Testament writing, like, they're constantly using the Psalms. Why? Well, these are the songs that have been stuck in their head, what they've memorized and repeated. So uh, music is biblically this good way to connect with God. But I also love the supernatural perspective of it, which I know sounds weird, but we just talked about the Holy Spirit recently. Here is one thing that I've learned. If you go to a church that spends a lot of time in musical worship, you will see the Holy Spirit show up there more often than you will in other places. It's almost like God shows up where he's wanted. I don't, maybe that's one way to say it. Yeah, obviously God's everywhere, he's omnipresent and all that. But the churches that like will worship for an hour to an hour and a half and they just lose track of time and they don't care what time it is, it is not uncommon to see the Holy Spirit show up and do some crazy things in those places. Uh, the prophets uh, would be found coming off of high places, having worshipped God, and they'd have flutes, lyres, tambourines in hand, 
David would stop demons from manifesting in Saul by playing music. Uh, so wait, does that mean David was the first bard? Yes. Are we back on D&D again? I mean, kind of. Again, that was like three days ago. Well, that was kind of like David would play and the demon would stop. Right, so he did. Chill out. Is it pernicious word or what's... That's, I've never played a bard, I don't know. It's been he wild. just played music. But like, that's what bards do. Music seemed to have like this almost like Holy Spirit supernatural quality to it because... David would use that in supernatural warfare when demons would manifest in Saul, but uh, you'd also see, like, when Saul first started going crazy um, with this evil spirit, they're like, what should we do? The people who answer are like, well, obviously he needs a musician. <laughs> it's like, oh, obviously he needs a music. Like, that's that was just commonplace for them to think. I've also seen, like, demons manifest. Nobody tries to pull it out, you'll just be at a worship service and then it manifests and you pull it out. Why? I, you know, like it just almost seems like there's the Holy Spirit shows up during worship. The presence is too strong or too thick for a demon to be able to take it. And he, he almost has to like show himself. That's not entirely uncommon in some, some places. Uh, Elisha, not Elijah, but Elisha, his predecessor, Someone came up to him once, they're like, we need you to prophesy over us. And Elisha was like, all right, someone give me a musician. <laughs> Not really the way that we usually think today, but Elisha was like, someone needs to play some music if you want me to prophesy. Why? Right. So are you saying that like music is like the universal Sam? So like how, you know... Frodo needed a Sam oh. to take the ring. I thought you were talking about Dr. Seuss. I... Or, you know, and like Dean needs a Sam in Supernatural. I'm still not following your connection even now that I understand. <laughs> Let's remove the heresy. <laughs> what? You can't bring up Supernatural, this is church. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can. It starts the conversation. But anyway, like I you said, everyone needs David a good to Sam. A bard, so you've already animated David. <laughs> Not animated, D and D. Animated, uh, but <laughs> you see these moments in the Bible where music makes an impact. In fact, I think it's Psalm ninety-one, David. Uh, or if you read Psalm ninety-one, to you you won't see this because you don't read Hebrew and you don't live in an ancient culture. But all throughout it, there are terms that reference uh, demons. Like you will not fear the arrow by day. Well, what's that arrow? In Hebrew, the word for that was often related to like a demon. And then you keep following it and it's constantly referring to all these demons. So you have a song that's like meant to be sung as protection from evil spirits. Uh, that's one that we have. There are some other ancient documents we found that says David wrote more psalms about uh, casting out demons or protection from that, things like that. So you see these almost like supernatural quality to music. And that's that's always what I'm hoping to make space for in church services. I, I don't know if you've had this, but sometimes I get to the end of a service. It's like, we don't have a lot of polish and like, let's talk beforehand about everything we're going to do. We just kind of get up, play music. And at the end of service, it's like, huh, that weird thing I said between that song connected to that thing that person did over there at that point like at the end of the service you look back you're like we didn't put all that together it's almost like 
the Holy Someone Spirit else did for is just us. kind of piecing service together while you went along, you know? And, I mean, and sometimes for me that shows up in like song choices. Hmm. So like when you're trying to put it together and be like, all right, what song should we do? And then, you know, a random song comes to your head and it's like, I haven't thought about that song in, you know, a couple of years. And then you're like, all right, well, let's try it and play it this week. And it touches people's lives that week. And that's, yeah, that's the power of, you know, someone needed that to hear those words from that song to impact them. And the Holy Spirit brought it to my attention. I listened even though it sounded crazy and it worked. So, yeah. I leave a lot of space when I'm playing music and you know this because the mm -hmm. band. How many times do you go into a random song we haven't played in four yes. years? I toss in songs all the time that are not in front of us and the band's gotta like try to figure it out on the fly. But like those would be songs that just pop into my head sometimes. Songs that just pop into my head while I'm playing a song. It's like, yeah, let's go into that, see what happens, you know? and. And that makes space for a new theme we weren't planning on getting into, leads space for a prayer we didn't know we were getting into. Sometimes when you're playing music, you'll have an image pop into your mind and you might just like, to everybody out there, like, I don't know if this image or this word makes any sense to anyone, just go get prayer from the prayer team in the back. Like, why do we do that? Well, we're recognizing within music, within, chasing after the Holy Spirit, or as the Psalms say, God's enthroned upon your praises. So as we build a throne for God to come and sit on and he shows up and stuff happens, we're trying to be extra observant to anything in that moment that the Holy Spirit might be saying. And so for me, music is a, a good segue, but you know, the arts in general, like the, the first spiritual gift in the whole Bible is craftsmanship. Uh, Someone had to build all the temple architecture and God empowered them with the Holy Spirit to do it. So there's arts and the Holy Spirit working together in all different kinds of ways. Um, I think there's something just about art and music that lets you kind of just kind of let yourself go and become a vessel, which helps the Holy Spirit enter and like touch you on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of what makes worship so important. And I think the reason we know that is because we've had plenty of times where we didn't experience that, right? <laughs> like, you look at those moments where God really showed up, and you can compare those to the moments where you felt this kind of absence in that moment. And it helps you sometimes be able to tell, like, legitimate from illegitimate, or legitimate from, like, an absence of it. So, like, Christian music is a good example. <laughs> I've heard music... <sighs> Where it's like, oh, this poetry and these words and oh, the beauty. Thank you, John Mark McMillan, for everything you've written. This is all I listen to now because it's real and uh huh. I can sense God fanboying here, right here in the poetry. I I will fanboy all day. John Mark McMillan is the best artist there is right now. Uh, anyways, there's those moments. And then there's as, these as Olivia's moments, terrified right now. There's these moments where I can no longer mention anyone's names because <laughs> I'll hurt feelings. Where I'm like, this just sounds like the sound of cash, like it's being dropped, <laughs> money being thrown. It's the sound of cash. The sound of cash. You've all heard it. it. You just you hear some worship music and you're like, oh my gosh, like, and that's that's part of a danger of worship right now. When we were growing up. We had something called CCM. 
Back in our day, contemporary Christian music. We had a whole magazine. Anyways, it was a good time. For me, it was actually, some of it was cheesy. Plenty of it was cheesy. Some of it was cheesy? Plenty of it was cheesy. A lot of it was cheesy. But Christian music didn't have to aim to be worship music to be sung in a church. It just was. So you had ska, you had punk, you had bands playing around rock songs about... All kinds of random topics, but having plenty of Christian songs in there too. Like Reliant K, you ever listen to Reliant K? Uh, yes. So you got songs about mood rings and girls, but you also have yeah. songs okay. about like Jesus and Only Hope and uh, Salvation and all this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so yes, uh, uh, Switchfoot. In my khaki pants. Yes, so Sadie yeah, Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was a different place for Christian music. Like that, to some extent, even was allowed occasionally to sound like cash <laughs> because it wasn't necessarily worship music, you know. But now CCM's gone. You don't write just random Christian music anymore. You only write worship music, which is a dangerous place for the church to be in, in my opinion, because now worship music that you sing in church can just sound like cash. Mm-hmm. Because it's a multi-million dollar industry. (laughs) And if you go on iTunes every Friday, church after church after church, releasing song after song after song, all composed of the same five words, glory, holy, Jesus, love, (laughs) you know, like... uh, Praise. Praise, yeah. Like, there's no real depth to it. And it's hard to listen to sometimes. Uh, And you'll find a gem in all these. And... I write this kind of music too, so like I'm guilty of it where like I my vocabulary is not big enough to pursue any kind of legitimate move of the spirit. Um, but but it's, it's a danger right now. And I say this as a music kind of sewer who likes to I listen think to everything. Part of that danger though comes from the fact that people are doing it not because they want to write good music, but because Sometimes, like you said, it's because they want the cash, and other times it's because I want to spread the word of Jesus, and I know music is a way to do that, so I'm going to write this song about Jesus, even though I'm not as educated in music as some other people are, so that it turns out to be not that beautiful, artistical music that people want to listen to, and it's just, oh, I'm going to listen to this because Jesus is good. Yep. That doesn't always bother me. When I come across music that does not sound good recorded, but there's this heart to it, I'm like, this is good. <laughs> like, this feels this feels all right. Even if it's childish in its nature, like that that's something you have to work on over time. But there's also this like level of like high pop worship music that just like like I expect a little more Anyways, this isn't to be completely judgy on music or whatever. I do get annoyed when it sounds like money, but I uh, I do understand that everybody's at a different space in their writing capabilities and things like that. So, anyways, all that to say, music has a potential to really bridge the gap, I feel, between the throne of God, the work of the Holy Spirit, and all that's partially because it's a universal language that we all work with, except for C.S. Lewis, and uh, <laughs> and make that make that space for him. Um, 
And so I would pursue it, whether you like music or not, whether you can sing or not. When I was growing up, the most beautiful voice in the room was my friend John, and he had the worst voice I've ever heard. Sorry, John. But like, How does that make sense? Because he was so loud and unashamedly... So his heart was in it, oh, even though the noise was not there. Oh, it sounded so bad, but like... It was but the, the heart loudest... behind it Yes, yes. It was like, okay. wow. I could just sit here and listen to him all day. Like, I won't take a CD. <laughs> <laughs> but I will sit here and just enjoy his heart to worship God in this moment. All right, we know you like music. Let us hear some of it. Lots of ways to let us know about it. And be sure to like, comment, subscribe. We'll put the links to your favorites down below. And join us on the Discord. We can continue the conversation.